0: Hey everyone, this is Natalie Ivey. And in today's show, I'm gonna discuss the importance of preparing for investigative interviews and establishing a list of security protocols that are followed consistently, and especially when interviewing subjects to ensure everyone's safety. Welcome to the HR Investigations Podcast, exploring the issues, challenges, strategies, and solutions. Sponsored by RPCHR and hosted by Natalie Ivey, an HR consultant, licensed PI, and author of the best selling book, How to Conduct Internal Investigations A Practical Guide for Human Resource Professionals. And now, here's Natalie. Hey everybody, and welcome to the show. I am really happy to have you with me here today because I'm going to be discussing something really important, setting up security protocols for investigative interviews. So if you're an HR professional, employee relations, you work in corporate security, loss prevention, ethics, this is an important podcast for you. Why? Well, the work we do involves asking people questions that they don't necessarily like. I had a subject very recently who said to me, in a rather offensive way. <laughs> he didn't like my questions. And uh, well, he doesn't have to like my questions, but that's my job. My job is here. I'm here to ask the important questions, to gather facts, and uh, determine if there is any validity to allegations that have been made. I've been doing this a long time, and uh, I have had my share of bad actors in my career. And I can tell you from uh, the clients that I've had for many years. And the professionals that I've you know, come to develop relationships with over the years with my clients who work in HR or employee relations, uh, there are quite a few of them that if we were to sit around and have an adult beverage, I could share numerous situations um, where professionals have been threatened. Sometimes when you are sitting down with a subject and you're asking questions they don't like, they will get argumentative. They will stand up, maybe start shouting at you. Well, what do you do if you haven't planned for that? Or the subject actually reaches into a backpack and pulls out a weapon. What are you gonna do? All right, you can call 911 and you can say law enforcement's coming and all of that would be you know, the right response or if you have corporate security, but how long does that take them to get there? Also, if the subject is, um, it's likely that maybe the end of uh, the interview with the subject, it is likely that it will result in at least a disciplinary suspension uh, where the person is going to have to be escorted out or it might lead to a separation, usually a suspension. But what do you do when management asks for the ID badge and the subject becomes belligerent and is now refusing to leave the building? What do you do if you haven't planned for this? This is why we are talking about security protocols for investigative interviews. So let me share with you some really good best practices. Number one, you should have some standardized protocols that you follow all the time with every single member of your staff that has to conduct investigative interviews. So the first one here is any interviewees, I would recommend that it not just be subjects, but any of the individuals you interview because witnesses sometimes, you never know, they might have something to do with allegations of misconduct and you're not aware of it and they may not like your questions and, and they could come at you very quickly um, in just a matter of seconds. So I think it's good a good best practice for all interviewees to be required to leave purses, backpacks, briefcases, lunchboxes, and articles outside of the interview room. Well, why? Number one, they could be concealing a weapon. Number two, they could be using a uh, recording device and recording you covertly when you may not necessarily want that to be. And also they can use it against you. Um, I had an employee at one point that really, really came unglued and he threw a big Jansport backpack filled with college textbooks at me. Just wailed it at me and then wailed his ID badge at me and nearly nicked me in my right eye. Uh, Had I been just a millimeter, I think to the left he would have nailed me right in my eye and I wasn't wearing my glasses that day. You have to really think about what this looks like for protocols with having people leave articles outside the room. One of the uh, municipalities that I've done business with over the years, um, my recommendation to them was outside of their conference room that they normally hold interviews. They put in a two drawer empty file cabinet that there's nothing in it and they have a key that locks so prior to an interview, if someone shows up at the room that has a handbag or a backpack that they have to put it inside there and you lock it up. Then once the interview is concluded, uh, and particularly if it's resulted in let's say a suspension or they have to be walked out, they're not gonna get that article until they have reached the exit of the building. And until you've had an opportunity to search that bag, make sure there are no weapons that are concealed there. All right now the other thing that may be uh, a really good idea is to contact local law enforcement and this is particularly important um, not just for investigative interviews but also the day that you're handling a termination of employment meeting Uh, if you might have somebody get upset with you better that you notify your local law enforcement jurisdiction you could call the watch commander and just say hey by the way this is who i am and we're going to be doing a an interview or a termination meeting about three o'clock or whatever time and would you please make sure that there is an officer that will be maybe even in our parking lot just about that time. Uh, most law enforcement jurisdictions work on a zone process. So whatever officer is assigned uh, on that particular day to your zone would be told at the beginning at roll call when they come on shift uh, of this particular event and to organize their shift to make that happen. Always better to shorten the time frame that help can come to you than if you didn't take that step. Certainly if you have corporate security resources, yes, reach out to them. But here's the thing, depends. Some security resources, they aren't armed. Uh, They may not even be able to put their hands on an employee and walk them out. It depends on what the guidelines are in your organization. So don't just think that if you have trouble with a person who's really becoming loud, throwing things, argumentative, refuses to leave, uh, out of control, that your corporate security will actually be able to help you. So that might be something for you to jot down here pick up the phone, talk with your corporate security team and find out what their protocols are if you did have a scenario like that. And if they are not able to even put their hands on someone to escort them out, then that means you're probably gonna need to take that step and go to local law enforcement. The other thing you wanna do is create what I call an exit strategy. If you are working together with another colleague, another investigator, let's say, or a member of management, then I would recommend you work it out together on what you're going to do if you deal with someone who becomes hostile and aggressive with you? Who's gonna be outside the room to know where you are? What if you need to reach out to someone else in management to render aid? What if you can't contain the situation and you have an angry, upset person that is stomping out of the office and is just wanting to go back to work and refuses to continue to participate in your interview? All right. Let me just point something out to you. You do not want an angry upset, especially a subject that you've just been questioning, who's really, really upset now going back into the workspace for a couple of reasons. Number one, if it's in a more industrial setting, it could possibly lead to them being unsafe. Uh, if they have to get behind the the cab of a, a vehicle like a truck driver, they're unsafe. They're, they're really fired up, upset. And what are you going to do? turn them out and know that they were unsafe. And now you could have a claim of negligence for knowing that they were really not fit for duty in that moment, right? So we don't wanna go down that road. The other thing that you have to be careful of is what could happen once they get back into the workspace. If you knew that they were really out of control, but you let them go back to work, well, you might even be negligent as a member of supervision here. Let's not create more problems. So I recommend having an exit strategy and talk with your colleague about what will we do if this happens? Who's in management outside the room who knows where we are and what's the protocol if we need an escort and get that set up ahead of time. The other thing is have your cell phone pre-programmed to appropriate security resources. Why? You don't know how you're gonna react if you're nervous, if you're in a crisis situation, you may draw a complete blank and you can't remember the phone extension. So have that already with your phone. And by the way, you always have your phone in arm's reach. Don't ever put your phone down below in a briefcase or tuck it inside your pocket and you can't get to it, you know, where it's cumbersome, you have to unbutton a pocket or something. If you're really needing to get to your phone quickly, you want it to be really accessible. right. If it's in like a suit jacket pocket where you can reach straight down and grab it, that's what I'm talking about. OK, you also want to have contingencies for what I call the what if scenarios. You know, what if a person really becomes so emotional and they just completely break down and they also won't leave and they just continue to sob? Okay. What's the plan? The more important thing is what to do if they begin to get aggressive with you. You should know what your workplace violence policy is prior to you even conducting one investigative interview. You should know that like the back of one's hand. Why? Because a lot of times during investigative interviews, especially with a subject, and in my experience, it tends to be more of the frontline hourly employees, the non-exempt employees. Why? Because a lot of them work in close proximity to a lot of other employees. They are those that really feeling somewhat cornered. And uh, if they know that it's quite possible that they could lose their job, if they're on the lower lower strata on the socioeconomic scale, now they're they're really kind of hanging on by their fingertips and they see you as a threat to their survival. And they can become extremely defensive and uh, and quite frankly, outright you know, violent, and you've got to really be ready for that. So you should know what your policy is and then also know how to defuse situations uh, ahead of time. Now, the other thing I want to point out, and I'm going to leave you with this, is choose your location wisely. My recommendations is to choose um, ground floor if you can. Those of you that are in high-rise buildings, I recommend trying to find a conference room that is on the ground floor of your building. Well, why? What if you are on the 27th floor of a building, like I have a client in Atlanta? If you are going to have to suspend someone and walk them out, being on the 27th floor and and escorting them all the way down, even if it's your security team that's doing the escort, that is an awfully long ride down with a very angry, upset person. So if you can choose a conference room ground floor, that is much easier for an exit strategy to take them to a building exit. The other thing is to choose a conference room that is a more sterile type of environment that doesn't have a management footprint. Why? Well, psychologically, a sterile environment like a conference room that really just has wall art on the wall and it isn't a managerial area, it doesn't have sort of that management footprint. Sometimes employees, when they're asked to come to the manager's office, that has a negative connotation to it psychologically you don't want that you want a neutral sterile kind of space and i also recommend if you can a room with that has two exits but if you do have to choose a location that um, has only one exit then put yourself always nearest to the door don't ever put yourself on the interior of a room where you can have someone corner you and then lastly never ever conduct an interview with a subject personally in a room by yourself you always need to have another management level witness with you when you are interviewing a subject. Well, why? Number one, uh, when you're asking those pressing questions of them that they don't like, and they now may fear that a suspension is about to come or they might be about to lose their jobs because of the nature of your questions, they can become extremely aggressive. But then who's going to run to assistance? You've got no one with you. And you might be afraid, you're can you fumbling for your phone, and uh, it's just a bad situation. You've put yourself in an unsafe situation. And you also are maybe not even able to contain the situation. And what if this person leaves the office and now starts going out and kind of terrorizing other employees in the vicinity? That's on your watch. The other reason is, what if they make allegations against you? You can have someone who is really now on thin ice with their performance, or really on thin ice because of some misconduct, And now um, they're gonna make allegations up against you and you have no other witness who was in the room with you. So now you are under investigation yourself and there may be another investigator who has to look into your conduct. Why do you even wanna walk into that trap? So always, always make sure that you have another management witness in the room when interviewing the subject. All right, so let me just summarize why we need to have security protocols. Because you have to expect the unexpected and you don't want to put yourself in harm's way. You've got to do it every single time. And any investigator that works on your team should know what those protocols are and never miss a step. Because I'll tell you what, in my experience, um, <laughs> the clients that I've uh, acquired over the years and, and professionals that have become uh, you know, friends, if you will, over all the years I've been around... There are quite a few of them who would tell you the day that they skipped over their security protocols is the day that it happened, all right? So if you do it consistently and you never have to implement anything uh, such as an exit strategy or you've never had anyone become violent, then great. That's a great day and we wanna keep it that way. But uh, you've always gotta have these protocols in place just because of the what if. And then the last thing I wanna leave you with, even though we're talking about the investigative interview protocols is just simply a security protocol in general. Let's talk about social media. I know everybody loves it. I enjoy it. I love to share pictures of my dogs and, and my family and things like that with my own family. But I will tell you as an investigator, I really limit it. Uh, there is you know, very, very little that I'm going to post out there for good reason. Uh, I'm an investigator. And sometimes there are people who really, really don't like me a whole lot. Okay, well, I'm not going to telegraph all of my vulnerabilities by posting a ton of things about my family and my vulnerabilities, right? I'm not going to do that. So I suggest you do the same. The other thing you need to think about is things like a bumper sticker on your vehicle. Don't put a bumper sticker that says, my son is an honor student at Eagle Crest Elementary School. What did you just do? You just told the bad guys (laughs) and bad actors out there, Uh, A, you have a child, a child about elementary school age and where that child goes to school. I don't mean to scare you, but I am here to tell you that sometimes when particularly a subject has lost their employment, they are looking for someone to blame and uh, they're not really thinking about taking personal responsibility for their own misconduct, they won't. They're defensive and it's really never their fault. You know, those types of individuals, nothing is ever their fault. And uh, they will uh, become very, very angry and somewhat like a pot boiling over. If we were here in uh, a live session and we had time, uh, we might sit around over maybe an adult beverage or a beverage of your choice. And uh, I could share with you a number of different stories and situations um, that uh, have personally affected me over the years, not things that have happened just with me, but I have had aggression uh, towards me as an investigator, but um, a number of situations over the years with with clients and other professionals that are in my network who have literally had subjects arrive at their home to confront them over their job loss. Um, I have had other investigators that uh, are in my network that have had a subject confront them while out with their own child at a local restaurant and actually threaten them. All right. So these are things that are seriously things that do happen. They can and they do happen. So I hope that um, my podcast today, a little bit more of a serious tone in my podcast today, uh, but I hope that um, you've really learned a few things that are going to help you to keep yourself safe and also your other colleagues where you work safe. All right, so that's it for today's podcast. I look forward to having you back at another one. See you again real soon thanks for joining us today on the hr investigations podcast be sure to subscribe like and share the show with any colleagues who will benefit from our strategies and solutions for free bonus resources simply visit hr-investigations.com and remember if you'd like some help with improving your investigative skills or if your organization is in need of an external investigator to help with the case please get in touch with us thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next episode